Welcome to the Work Matters Podcast. In each episode, talking with thought leaders and executives, PurposeWorks founder Thomas Bertels explores what it takes to make work more productive, valuable, impactful, and meaningful. Let's begin the conversation. Welcome to the Work Matters Podcast. When it comes to making work more meaningful, productive, valuable, and impactful, the leaders actually play a huge role. And when new leaders are appointed, that oftentimes comes with the expectations that they you know, drive change and, and make things happen. So the question we're going to talk about today is how should new leaders approach this challenge? Whether you're being promoted from within or you're joining a new organization, how can you take the critical first steps in a new role? How can you use this time to quickly figure out what's needed? And how can you engage the organization to come along and help take things to the next level? So our guest today is Gene Toma. Jean has 30 years of experience in senior management roles at BASF, Alonza, and SPI Pharma, and she's now sitting on, on several boards. And I've had the pleasure to, to work with Jean a couple of times over the last 15 years. Yes. So um, great to have you on the show, Jean. Thank you, Thomas. Very happy to be here. So when taking on a new leadership role, the situational context matters, whether, as we said, you know, you're being promoted from within, or you're moving to a new leadership role in the same organization, but maybe it's sideways, or you come in from scratch. So you've been in all three of these situations. Maybe talk to us about what challenges are common, no matter what, and then maybe what's different in each of these three contexts. Like most people, early in my career, leadership challenges came from being in a group and then being promoted to lead that group. I think that's where most of us start out. And I think in those situations, the challenge is to go from doing a specific job to managing people that do that job. And I think the number one challenge for individuals making that move is recognizing that you are no longer doing that job, that you need to get the job done through others. So it's a very, very different job. And I don't think that we focus enough in our development of people to really articulate those differences. And I think as a new leader in those roles, the temptation is I was good at doing this job and now I'm the manager of the group. So I know how the job needs to be done. And in truth, there's always many ways to get from A to B. And the challenge of the leader is to allow people to get from A to B in the way that they see most effective to demonstrate trust in them clear barriers and help them to get there. The important thing is getting from A to B, right? So demonstrating real leadership skill is stepping back and letting people do the job the way they do the job, as long as they're successful, of course. But again, the coaching piece of a new leadership role is really critical in that regard. And so you can't just step back and say, well, do, you know, do it however you'd like. You need to be there helping to guide. And as I said, removing barriers. That's certainly true when you come from the inside and you've done the job before. It's probably even more important when you come from the outside, right? And you say, I know how this job gets done at company ABC, right? I'm going to take the same. Yeah. So taking on a, a leadership role in a 
position where you have been successful at another company doing that position? Well, first of all, one of the first rules is you don't go into a new company talking about the old company and how they did everything so fabulously. Nothing can alienate your organization faster than doing that. It's a common mistake and it's something you really have to keep in front of mind. And I would say that the other thing is that every organization is different and how you led in your previous organization, authentic. I mean, you have to stay true to your core leadership beliefs and style, but you have to be adaptable. You have to be agile in that approach. You have to contextualize it by understanding where the organization has been for all these years before you joined. Was it a organization that was managed top down? Is it very entrepreneurial? So you need to understand how they operate and then where there are opportunities and how you advance the company. And I think for me, the two most important things initially is building trust and assessing the organization. Both of those things have communication components to it. But one of the things that I like to do right out of the gate is to do a strategy review or a strategy refresh. This gives you an opportunity to see where the organization thinks their strengths are and the gaps and the opportunities, but it's also an opportunity for you as a new leader to assess the organization. When I do those strategy reviews, I try to involve as many people in as many different levels of the organization as is practical to keep it short so that it's not so disruptive. So a couple of months, even if you could do it in a few weeks. The short time frame also can put the organization under a little bit of what I consider to be positive pressure, you know, to get them revved up about something. It also gives you, as I mentioned, an opportunity to assess the team. Inevitably, there's going to be changes. The organization knows that. They're poised for change when you first arrive. So in my opinion, it's really important to do that as quickly as possible within the first 100 days or sooner if you can. So this gives you the opportunity to really see where you think you need to strengthen the organization or where some changes need to be made. In parallel, I try to do as many one-on-one -on -one conversations as possible throughout the organization and really listening more than speaking, asking them, you know, employees that have been with the organization for a long time, new employees who have a different perspective, where they see the strengths, where they see the challenges. What do they think of the culture? What do they like about the company? What would they love to see change? So as you take on a new role, let's say you come in from the outside, you oftentimes it's like rely on the information that, that right, the people that brought you in gave you. How important is it to be open-minded to that that information might not be as accurate as one might expect? Oftentimes the, the remit that you've been handed, the situation may be accurate but the drivers behind it could be quite different. For example, I came into a situation, it was a newly created position, and the remit was, you need to build something from scratch here. There's really none of the expertise needed to drive the strategy. So when I came into the organization, I spent a lot of time talking to people, going around to different areas and asking a lot of questions. And what I found was that there were pockets of expertise across the organization within divisions and different business units and some real best practices. So we weren't actually starting from scratch. What we were doing was gathering those expertise, sharing best practices across the organization. An important component, or, or I would say side effect of that is that people felt valued. You, know, you have some people who were off in a different part of the world, far away from headquarters that were really doing good things. 
doing really interesting work and adding a lot of value. And this was an opportunity for them to get a bit of a spotlight and to see their contributions being leveraged across the organization. And that built a lot of confidence, a lot of pride. You talk about purpose works, people become quite motivated and become champions for these things when they see good work being highlighted and then shared across the organization. We talked about how to get started a little bit already. It's about building trust. It's about communicating. The strategy review is a great way to, I think, A, involve a broader number of people, but also builds like a, a consensus around where the organization needs to go. What else is important to accomplish in the first 100 days? Building trust. I may have mentioned that, but I think that you can't mention it often enough. I think making decisions. A big part of strategy is making choices. A big part of leadership is making decisions. I would say hand in hand with that is both identifying as a leader, your risk tolerance and demonstrating that to the organization. The old adage, if you're not taking any risks, you're not making any decisions. That's, that's really true. You have to be willing to take some decisions and not all of them will be right. You need to be flexible enough and humble enough to admit when things aren't going well and adjust. And that will demonstrate to the organization far better than words that you are willing to allow for a certain risk tolerance and create that agility in the organization to say, okay, we were heading down this path, we've learned more information and we need to pivot because based on this new information or the experience that we're having, some of our assumptions were not quite right. And that's fine. That's appropriate, but it is more rare than you think. People get married to an idea, they feel very invested in it, and then they have a hard time making that pivot. And that teaches the organization to proceed with caution. I mean, let's take the flip side. So what are some of the things you're like a new person coming in, right? You're taking charge. What are some of the mistakes you might want to avoid? Or what are some of the pitfalls? One coming in thinking that you have all the solutions or assuming that your remit is accurate. While I've said speed is important, it is also important to pay attention. Great example, one company where I was a new leader, they had worked together for such a long time. They had these embedded dogmas that they held like a religion and sitting back and listening and paying attention to what was being said, what wasn't being said. And some of the results that were out there, you start to learn, okay, this is such a strongly held belief. It's not accurate. There's a lot of evidence-based indications that this isn't true. You need to be able to bring them along without diminishing all that they've accomplished up to that point. You can't just say all of this is wrong and throw it up in the air. You have to say, okay, over here, this is really good. This is going really well. We need to consider <laughs> what's going on over here as well, and maybe shift the focus from one area to another, shift investments from one area to another. But it's something that if your assumptions, what you're seeing are different from what they believe, other people see it too. In many cases, they turn out to be your big champions because They've been waiting for somebody to come in and say, hmm, you know, this doesn't, this doesn't feel right, or this doesn't sound right. What we're experiencing in the market isn't reflecting what we anticipate. So we need to take a look at some of our assumptions there. And when you're being brought in as a change maker, one thing I oftentimes see is that as you do your due diligence and you map out your plan, you come back, then typically reality is a little bit different than what people thought it would be. And the change that near is a little bit more dramatic right, than, than what people assumed. And so then you get into the, this, this, I think in German, they call it wash me, but don't get me wet scenario, right? Um, so, so how important is it to manage the expectations of your, you know, the stakeholders above you to make sure that they come along? A very wise man 
once said to me, organization charts have down arrows and up arrows, and it's the up arrows that'll kill you. I think it's really important. And sometimes you get so invested in the organization below you as a leader and trying to bring them along and to make progress that you forget to bring your stakeholders along with you. And you can be doing great things, really advancing the business, attracting and retaining great talent. But if you haven't effectively brought along those stakeholders, you can lose your support and then everything goes sideways. So absolutely critically important and a really important point because while it is very important to manage those down arrows, you have to remember the other stakeholders as well. Talk to us about when looking at how work gets done becomes important for a new leader and how soon to tackle that. Is it important in the first 100 days to pay attention to that? This is really subordinate to strategy and we sort of the strategy first, we get there. What's your thought? I think process and how people operate is critically important. And I mentioned the idea of having one-on-one -on -one conversations with individuals and small groups. Oftentimes you find out where the pain points are there in those discussions. And sometimes they are system related, but oftentimes they are process related. And what you find in many organizations, this is not unique to my experience. I've had a lot of conversations with other leaders who have seen the same thing. People with good intentions will come up against an issue and they're not empowered to really fix the problem at its root cause. So they will build workarounds and these seem to proliferate over time to the point where nobody understands really why they started doing it that way. It's just how things get done. And the next thing you know, you have these convoluted processes that take all of the joy out of people's jobs. Oftentimes at the root of that is a lack of authority to address the issue at that user level, if you will. And those are things that you can address quickly. New systems, those things take time and require a lot of effort and oftentimes a lot of capital investment. So first 100 days, highly unlikely, maybe even the first year, but you can start to clear the woods a bit before you even start to think about new systems. So that's really about what do we stop doing? How can we simplify things? How can we streamline processes, right? Before we put technology to be able to, to really make it. Yeah, and if you're, if you're speaking with somebody and they're telling you this really convoluted process and you say, to them, well, well, why do you do that? Well, we've always done this. Well, do you not have the information you need to make that decision without bumping it up to three different people? Oh, no, we know. We have the information. We're just not authorized. So it's those kinds of simple things where you can just say, okay, leave that one with me. And then as the leader, you can go off and, and talk to whomever is the leaders, the managers, whatever of that group, and just, you know, double check, make sure that their understanding is the same and you know, try to take those things out where you see them. That also really helps to motivate the organization. Everybody likes to streamline. I think that we are all pretty similar. We like to think that the job that we have, that we're being paid to perform, is contributing to the success of the organization. And the more clear we can make that for every person in the organization, the more we can tie their job to the success of the business, the success of the strategy, the more fulfilled their job becomes for them or fulfilling. I think it's important that it's like at the business level overall, right? There's a clear purpose. It's like what we're trying to build together. Mm -hmm. But also I think every individual job got to be purposeful and meaningful to the extent that's possible, right? Yeah. Sometimes. Well, I mean, if you're paying somebody to do a job, there should be some meaning to it, right? They should be contributing to the organization. Otherwise, it's hard to justify the job. I think that really embracing that and encouraging people to feel valued helps everybody. 
nobody wants to think their job is non-essential. Yeah, absolutely. Jean, thank you so much for taking the time to share obviously your insights around how new leaders can effectively take charge and have an impact on the organization. Very much appreciate having you on the show. My pleasure. Thanks, Thomas. Thank you. So here are my takeaways from my conversation with Jean Toma about how to approach a new leadership position, whether it's from inside the company or you're joining a new organization. First, it is wise to discount your own experience. You might know exactly how the work should be done or could be done, but there are many ways to get from A to B and insisting on your way is a surefire way to alienate everybody. Secondly, a strategy review is a great way to get started, to engage the organization and also help to make assumptions about how work gets done explicit. Thirdly, it's all about building trust and you demonstrate trust by listening. Fourth, realize that your decisions signal your tolerance for risk and make them deliberate. Fifth, don't forget to take your boss along. You gotta make sure that your leadership is behind you. As Gene puts it, the organization chart has up arrows and down arrows and it's the up arrows that kill you. My personal favorite, Take advantage of opportunities to fix work and remove roadblocks. It helps you tremendously to motivate the organization and build buy-in and commitment. Those are my takeaways from the conversation with Gene. I very much enjoyed it. I hope you did too. See you on one of the next podcasts. We hope you enjoyed this discussion. If you did, please subscribe, like, share, or comment. Until next time, let's make work matter.